Hi everyone, welcome to the 80th episode of In The Vitrine. Can you imagine? We're yeah. at 80. <laughs> That's a lot. And to commemorate, we wanted to refresh our profile picture. <laughs> yeah, so Danny and I went to um, Sanjeev Photo Studio. Yeah, I think it's very cute, like the background and, and the, the props. They are hand-painted backgrounds that he uses. So. And yes, and we Exactly, we had prepared beforehand like by choosing what kind of background we wanted from what we saw online as well. Um, so enjoy the photo, everyone. Um, but you know, that day it was uh, an outing for us. We went to Sanchi Photo Studio. We went to eat Nepalese food after that nearby <laughs> at Gurkha's Palace, if anyone is interested. <laughs> <laughs> and then we took a cab to Tagore Lane in Singapore where we visited uh, Supper House. Yeah. And so today we're going to talk about basically exhibitions that we've seen together in recent times. Um, so Supper House is one, and I believe the title of the exhibition is The World is Flat After All. Uh, Supper House is um, a place that we've been meaning to go down to. Um, it's the second or third exhibition already. Um, yes, in fact, we had a review of um, a previous show by Wei Ti on fashion and market. Yeah, um, the one that was curated by Wei Tin. Um, and, and just a, like a background, is Supper House is owned and run by Ashley Chum. Um, so shout out to Ashley here. So we're going to talk about what we really enjoyed about the exhibition. Yeah. yeah, I think just because it's in an independent space, there's a lot more play in the way that you can exhibit things. And, you know, he has like an amazing collection of Comme des Garçons and um, he also has like really lovely um, friendships with people so he's borrowed some of the artworks for the show and um, he's created also I mean because he's an interior designer the the space is created in a really there's this kind of wooden box in the middle that creates a separation for the space and it's just lovely he's super hospitable like such a great host as well yes, and when yeah. you when you enter um you are greeted by this beautiful Team Lab uh, artwork. And it's just so amazing to see Team Lab outside of a museum space because I've never seen it in a private collection before. Have you? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I see it very, uh, very often outside this museum because my children love the Future World exhibition um, and also the one in the Rotunda at National Museum. Um, so... Uh, in fact, I've never seen it also on a smaller scale, right? Usually for us, we see it like, you know, really big, kind of like towering. So it was very intimate. And I loved realizing that it worked in an intimate setting as well. And then, of course, in front of the team that worked were garments. Yeah. Right? And that was such a fun pairing. Yeah. So what Ashley told us is that this is the first time that he, as in to his knowledge, that so many uh, pieces from the Comme des Garçons Autumn Winter 2012 collection have been shown. And this was really a treat. And because um, sometimes he had doubles of the same type of garment, he was able to show them to us uh, on a mannequin and as well as uh, super flat as, as, they, as they developed. Um, and this is a super iconic collection by Comme des Garçons. It's been you know, reference in drag race in, in many places. So it was really cool to see it. And and you can see in different fabrications, like in felt, uh, 
holy brocade and and see the the way that um the garments drape differently and this is something that Ashley said also by handling the actual objects he was able to understand this about Kong's work mm, yeah and you know now that we're talking about this I also like that because he is an interior designer who's worked on like commercial like kind of makeup counters and also residential projects and theater sets. I think he brought all of those sensibilities to this particular exhibition and the space that it's housed in. You know, there's like the drama of putting the garments at different heights, sometimes also flat on the palettes that he used, right? So that was really nice. And actually there's a sofa that you can sit on to look at like most of this collection. So there's also this really cool kind of idea of like the domestic space, um, you know, versus that that coolness or the kind of um, wall that you could maybe feel if you're in a museum setting, you know, so it's not a bench they sit on or just like standing, you can actually sit on a really comfortable couch and admire these pieces. So I, I like that about it. And I think you wanted to say something about the pairing with the art as well, right? With the I mean, actually, that's a, he's really very... Um... He has this earnestness in trying to pair up both local and emerging artists and designers, um, you know, alongside more uh, established works. So one of my favorite, um, so he, he featured works by, for example, our ex-student Samuel Shun and um, yeah, and, and, and that was really nice. And he told us how people would come all the way to see certain um, artists, like street artists, and, uh, and then on the way get surprised to by seeing other other works so that really works and um but one of the things that i really liked is seeing the takashi murakami with the com because um jo my friend josiah chua did his whole dissertation on the idea of super flat and to see these two works that really uh work on this idea of like flatness which is quite a Japanese concept um, in, in terms of aesthetics as compared to perspective, which is uh, done in Western art, uh, was really, I thought, very fun to, to see next to each other. Yeah, it's a, it's a whimsical, I think, kind of curation. And I think, you know, because he can do what he wants in his space, it, it works, right? And we're kind of taken on this magical journey together with him. Um, and his openness just also makes us feel very open to the ideas that he has. And then you start to think like, oh yeah, why not? You know, why not this? Why not like this? Um, so thank you so much, Ashley, for opening up Super, Supper House for all of us. Um, if you want to visit, it's open Friday. Friday to Sunday from 12 to 6 p.m. Um, so it's going to be running for a little bit longer. And then um, on that note, I mean, I actually had a really nice chat with Ashley at the SG Fashion Now um, exhibition opening at ACM. Oh, that right? was a fun party. <laughs> that was a fun opening party. SG Fashion Now, this is the second iteration. And um, Daniela and I had worked on the first edition last year. And then, of course, on this one. And I think yeah. it deserves some attention. So it's a project that we began like last year. So we've been really looking at it for a long time. Um, it's part of a curatorial workshop that we do in school with Cersei and myself. And in those 14 weeks, we developed the, the, the concepts and the ideas, and then they did a pitch. Um, and so the pitch was done somewhere uh, in November last year. And then the whole execution of the exhibition and all the programming was done um, with Ethan and, and students that um, supported him for the last... Uh, yeah, for like seven months, it was a, it was quite a, a 
a big feat and he worked with um three different teams within the Asian Civilizations Museum, the curatorial team, uh, marketing and communications, as well as programming. And uh, please do visit it and uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Um, it is also supported by a really exciting program uh, that Ethan really wanted to introduce to the exhibition to kind of expand the idea of fashion just being about the garments, but about all the other networks that support it. So um, one of my favorite things that he included in it is gonna be this clothes swap with a fashion pulpit. And that's happening on the 19th of August. That's in two weeks. So um, yeah, that'll be fun. I am looking forward to seeing them. They just celebrated their fourth anniversary. So it's really cool to see them succeed. <laughs> Yes, and I mean, you know, accompanying this exhibition is, again, an e-publication. Um, so you can find it at sgfashionnow.com. Okay, we sound like we're promoting the project, which we are. Um, but, you know, in the sgfashionnow.com is where you can look at everything, right, that's in the exhibition. Of course, it will not beat the experience of going to the exhibition itself. It's so beautifully done this year, designed by Farm. Um, and it has that construction feel to it, which I think is really apt for thinking about the Singapore fashion industry or Singapore fashion identity because it is in construction, right? I mean, I don't think any identity is ever complete. It's always in negotiation, it's always developing. So I think that's a really great metaphor. And they included, or rather, I mean, I think the team it was such a collaborative effort between LaSalle and ACM um, and also TAF is involved as well. So basically it's about featuring established designers as well as emerging designers. And as Danny said, not just garments, but accessories as well. So um, do visit, you know, sgfashionnow.com is a great place to start. And both Danny and I have written essays. So you can kind of see also the trajectory that Singapore fashion has taken mm -hmm. um, from a historical standpoint. And from Danny's point of view, I think that's even more intimate because Danny was such a, a big part of, you know, this really cool fashion scene um, with Meshup before. So she brings that perspective in. So that's definitely an essay you want to read. And I think when we think about SG Fashion Now um, in the ACM, you know, which has been doing more and more uh, fashion exhibitions, then we have to talk about what's upstairs, right, which is Batikita. Yeah. And Batikita is curated by um, Lin Cholin. Um, and basically, it's um, it's about Batik. Danny, why don't you take us through it a little bit? Um, I mean, it's it's... I love all the adjunct materials that they create as well for all the exhibitions. Um, so Batikita dressing in port cities, it's it's taking this kind of regional approach to how a textile um, gets designed and worn by different people and how by its interactions with different um, you know locations and cultures uh, it morphs um, and you know, if I, I love the small little stories, um, for example, how certain, like when the Chinese took on the batik, they would add maybe more of the red um, dye, as, as that is a color that, you know, has a strong meaning within their culture. And, and we see a lot of these different little stories um, in the captions and the way that they've been arranged. Yes, and I'm just looking down at my phone because we took some photos when we went to revisit um, the exhibition just yesterday. Um, so I really like the 
I really liked for some reason the ones that were from foreign designers, right? Like, you know, we we looked at the Italian designer Emilio um Vaca. I'm sure I'm botching the name somehow, but um it's branded under Milo's M-I-L-O apostrophe S. And it was such a beautiful uh, ensemble because there was also the lace right at the edges if you recall and you know there was all these different textures visually as well as I'm imagining if I were to touch it that it would also be different sort of feels um, and in this beautiful silk and muted colors right like beigey sort of like dark gray tones which was very beautiful and one of the the ones that we thought was really fun to see because they have these cloths right they're stretched beautifully for you to look at and then you kind of walk through and then you come to all these mannequins it's like a full row of mannequins along the length of the exhibition space wearing different ensembles from um all these iconic designers or brands that um, are known for their batik pieces so another one is from uh, Jürgen Lel Okay, not sure about the last name, um, but it was such a fun batik piece because it had an inscription on it, right? So it was actually like written words. Um, Let's stop these crazy irresponsible people who make and sell nuclear power and nuclear weapons. So I thought that was an interesting use of batik and it was a bit unexpected because we were looking at all these florals and motifs and suddenly there was text. So I liked these two in particular and I know that you have your picks as well um and then we saw a recreation of Vicky Dutton's um um garment uh, kebaya and with a really lovely little photo at the bottom which is something that we'll have loved to see more of like they're fashioning through photography of some of the garments yeah, I think that was one thing that we were talking about, right? Like we thought it could have been a bit brighter for one because we found ourselves having to go really close to see like the details of the garments or the cloths or to read the text. Um, and we would have enjoyed more and more um, images, I think, you know, featured more prominently so that, you know, we could also see the context in which these um, garments were worn or these cloths were used. But yes, that's it in a nutshell. Three exhibitions, can you imagine, in one? And we even revealed a new photo of ourselves. So thank you so much for listening. We've really enjoyed presenting to you all our thoughts and conversations in the past 80 episodes. Stay tuned for more. And bye. Bye.